All right, we're back with Leonore, and she's going to show us actually what she does and how she does it. So uh, let's get going on that. So what's so first of all, I want to ask you. I was kind of surprised when I first saw this because I thought, don't painters work with those palette things that you see? But you've got them here on your glass tabletop. Oh my gosh, this is there's no other palette for me than glass because, um, especially with acrylics, because they're flexible they're like kind of pigment suspended in plastic um, it's a very flexible paint when it dries um, all I have to do is just scrape it off like that I mean it's great and then I have a new um, I have a new brand new palette um, it I I don't know what other people normally use but the glass works for me it's easy to clean uh, easy to mix colors on and I don't have to waste paper I know that um, with oil paints, I think it's a little different story because they dry so hard. Mm -hmm. um, but this works for me. So what different kinds of paints are there? See, once again, I don't know these things. So there's oil. You mentioned oil and acrylic. Um, I guess those are the most widely used. Um, you know, I guess you can consider spray paint, you know, a type of paint. Uh -huh. I mean, it's, you know, being used widely. Um, but I use acrylic um, just because it gives me the blending that I need, but it also dries a lot quicker than um, oil paints. I, I don't feel that oil paints would be right for the surface I'm painting on because I'm painting on a very porous surface that does, I think, it it moves. It's not... Um, it's it's very porous and it, it it moves and it stretches with I'm sure, you know, changes in the environment, humidity, dryness. Oh, I would have so, never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it just the feel of it works for me right now. It's it's it can be used like watercolor or I tend to use it a lot like I would oil paint. It's just, I, for some okay. reason, I feel like if I use oil paint, I'm never going to finish a piece. I'm just going to keep working and working and working in it and never stop. This forces me to finish because <laughs> it, 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 it does dry, even though I have a way of um, keeping it uh, wet. Um, and the, what I use is called, it's called a slow-drying blending medium. Oh, let's hold and that it just, up. So. Just add it to the paint and that just And it doesn't dilute it? it. It Let's hold that up to the bit. camera too, so people can see what what you just picked up. There you go. I call it a. Uh, it retards the the drying time. Basically, it's just mm. kind of a clear suspension formula, and just you know mix it in. I use it usually use a spray bottle um, for wetting the colors again. Um, okay. And, but basically it extends the, the life of, of the paint so that it doesn't dry too quickly. And I can see that it's already started to dry. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. Um, Is it too enough. dry? But getting there. <laughs> um, I think we got enough. Okay. But yeah, yeah, I just... Um, I love that color blue. That's so pretty. Yeah, I got quite a few blues there. With with what I have, I can make whatever color I need. I rarely ever use black straight out of the tube. If I need to get really, really dark, uh, a really like almost a black color, um, 
I can get pretty dark with the colors I have here and then add a tiny bit of black, but I, I pretty much try to um, make my own dark from the colors that I have here. Blue, ultramarine blue, cerulean blue, Prussian blue, and... So those blues here you have, mm -hmm. are, they have different names. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. They're so subtle. The differences in them are so subtle to me. Yeah. Well, like this is cerulean blue is would be like a sky blue. It's an absolute must for if you're painting the sky. You always use cerulean blue. The other blues, you know, I just like them um, because maybe one has a little bit more of like a purple or indigo feel to it. Um, you know, the other one, like the cerulean blue, is a little bit lighter. Um, it just really preference. I, I I like to have more than what I need available. Uh -huh. That way I don't have to, you know, stop what stop I'm doing, doing and mix. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And do you start, like with the other colors, do you start with primary colors and mix all your own, or do they come pre, like in tubes? Well, I mean, <laughs> so I try, I try to mix... Um, I, I never use anything straight out of the tube. It's just a bad practice because it's not what I want. Okay. Um, it's great if that's what you want, but I'm working with a lot of browns and earth tones, so I don't get earth tones from right out of the bottle. I mean, there's uh. an earth tone color here, but I try to actually make this color with the colors I have and then just augment with with the brown that's out of the tube, okay. just kind of to check myself. but. It's really fun um, to get, you know, you know, just the, the whole mixing of it is just very satisfying. Mm. You know, it's a little like cooking, I guess. I was just thinking that. <laughs> I thought like making a recipe. Yeah. Huh? But I don't normally start with paint. Um, what I usually start first is um, with how I start is I really just kind of chalk in um, the outline of the design I'm doing. Um, obviously, this one's an elephant. I've outlined some of the major areas um, that I want to work with, like the eyes. Uh, I have three flowers up here that I know that I want to paint. I'm going to actually use acrylic paint. Um, I know that I want acrylic paint for the tusks on each side and for the eyes because in all my pieces, I really do want um, detail and I want um, vibrance in those parts of the face. Uh, the butterfly too will be painted. Um, and everything around that, I'm using uh, chalk or what what's called Conte crayon. It's a combination of Conte crayon and Can you uh, hold pastel. a couple of those up so people sure. can see them? So this would be, uh, I believe the color is called Sanguine. Okay. It's got kind of a really deep reddish, kind of iron earth look to it. Um, some of the other colors, and Conte doesn't have a lot of, well, actually, I shouldn't say that. Um, I don't normally use the whole spectrum when it comes to the Conte crayons, just because I really want the brown tones. I accent with some of the other colors, but it's the earth tones that I'm really looking for. Um, and it, the tones range from, like, um, kind of like a, a light sand color, um, to all the way to dark brown and black. So I can get pretty dark. Um, but that's that's my that's my base. My base is 
So I start with, let's say, a mid-tone, um, like above the eye. Just kind of fill in the space. And then the key part is really rubbing it, rubbing it in to the surface. Okay, into the porous surface. Mm -hmm. It'll go into the, yeah. like the pores. Yeah, it feels like wood. It's very much behaves like, like sanded wood. Um, and I will maybe go over to the lighter area. Let's see, I've got my, where's my light color? Um, the more I look at it, it's more like that eye is really looking at me already and you don't even have it finished. <laughs> but it's just oh. like, I feel like this elephant's looking at me. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the eyes are gonna be quite, um, they're gonna they're gonna uh, stand out quite a bit, uh -huh. but <clears throat> what I want to do is to uh, kind of really patch in as much of what I call sort of the background of the piece, even though it's not really the background, but the shapes around the areas where I'm actually gonna paint. I want to sort of get those set because once I've started um, to paint, I can't change that. So I'm really filling in the chalk areas that I know are going to be chalked. And why can't you change it? Um, so once I lay down the gesso, which is the primer for where I'm going to paint, that's fixed. I mean, I can't really go over gesso with chalk because it's a different... It, this gesso medium is meant for paint. It's meant, it's meant to hold paint oh, on top of it. And what is gesso? And gesso is basically... It's, um, it's a primer. Can you show a, base. a little of yeah, that? Yeah, it's, it's, it looks just like white paint. So it's a primer that's suspended. Um, it, it's a primer that, that's tinted white, and you can actually get a clear gesso. In this case, it's just, yeah, it looks just like white paint. But it's like a glue. It's oh. like a, a glue. It kind of has that consistency, too, mm -hmm. doesn't it? And it just... Um, Basically, it's a, it's a primer so that it's like if you're painting, you know, if I, I was painting on a, on a canvas, I'd primer it, and in, in some cases I'd want it white, so I would gesso it white so that the pigments stand out, so I'm working from light to dark. Oh, okay. um, I don't need gesso on anything here because I'm chalking, and as I'm chalking, I'm also... Normally, what I would do is I get it to where the chalk is as saturated as possible. I'll take this outside, and then I'll spray fix it. So I spray fix in between layers. I work in. Layers I was with wondering the chalk. if you did anything like that. Yeah. So then it's set when you spray it. Mm -hmm. It's set, but then I go over it again. I go over it again. I go over it again. So it, a lot of times oh. people will say that. Um, well, ask me if I paint with oils because it starts to look very blended uh -huh. and it almost does look like paint but uh -huh. it, it, it really is not I'm really working it with my fingers and I'm layering it and spray fixing it and layering it and going back and I think that once I've got the chalk areas mapped out as much as possible that's when I can go in and and define what areas I'm actually going to do the painting on like uh -huh. the tusks the eyes Part of the top where the flowers will be and those I know um, once I have 
the chalk area defined, then it that tells that informs me which area I can set permanently as the areas to paint. I see. Yeah. And you use your fingers for painting also, not just no, brushes? No. Only brushes. Only um, only brushes for the painted areas. Um, chalk uh, is the only um, material that I use to rub into the into the wood surface. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it really is a process. It's like step one, step two, step three. Kind of. Of how you go about it. Yeah, it's pretty much the same. Um, similar with, with every piece in, in that I start with a chalk outline, try to define in my head and on the piece what areas do I want painted and what areas am I going to remain chalk, are going to remain as, as chalk. Mm -hmm. um, so then like for instance this, this is the, mm -hmm. my paintbrush with gesso so I say okay well this is the tusk right here so I'm going to lay in the primer in this area here and I'm going to give it a couple of layers, give it a couple of coats so that it looks like this side. Okay. And then when it's dry, I mean, you should wait 24 hours, but actually I would start painting it um, now because it's actually pretty dry. But it's just, these areas are just, it's like painting on anything, like canvas, whatever. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just like painting on anything else I would want to paint on. So then when I get to that stage um, where I'm ready to paint, you know, I'm going to what I've uh, set up as my my colors. So I have a few colors here that I've mixed um, where I'm going to add where the tusk is. Right. And, and the, the subtleties between these colors is, like to me, like are these two different colors right here? Well, they're they're in the same family. They're in the sort of brown family, um, tan family. Uh, the difference is um, each of them has a different amount of white added to it, uh -huh. so it's, they're tinted. Um, like one, this this one right here maybe has a little bit more yellow. This one, darker one, has a little bit more blue, a little blue? bit more. Yeah. Oh. To get a darker brown, that's I try not to use it out of the bottle but um, right you can get um, you can get your brown brown is kind of a mixture of a lot of different colors it's it might sound like it's muddy but in a way that's that's exactly what it is plus I I supplement with a already pre-mixed brown so that I get uh -huh. um, the right warm warm tone to it but yeah basically that's my brown right there and, and if I need to add a little bit of black I can okay. do that, but I'll start with sort of a mid, mid-tone color. See, it takes an artist to see the differences <laughs> in these colors, because those, well, at least these two look very similar to me, but... Um, well, you're right, and they're the same, um, you know, they're, they're the same family of color, um, but that, that being said, the, the tint, tint is different, and the shade is different. This is more of a darker version of this. And this okay. over here is an even lighter version of, of both of them. Okay. Um, so yeah, this is basically, I just work my way uh, painting on the gesso. And so what was white now becomes actual color. 
It's fascinating. I'm not doing too much color variation here, obviously, because a tusk is white, but uh -huh. it won't, it'll be mostly look like a white, but it's not pure white. Right. It's it's a variation ivory. of white. <laughs> there you go. Yes, ivory. <laughs> and I'm noticing, um, coming down this way, there is that brush, is that, is that the palm front or is that brush strokes that are like lines, kind of? Oh, the striations you're seeing? Yes. Okay, so part of that is the texture of the palm frond showing through. Even the gesso can't really cover that completely. Uh -huh. um, yeah, those are just the natural striations of the palm. Now, if I was working, you know, it's just no different than canvas. When you're working on a canvas, you see the texture of the canvas. You know, you oh, I never see. thought about that, but I guess you do, Yeah, right? canvas said the only thing you're not going to really, if, if you're working on, if you gesso like a, a masonite board, which is a smooth board, and put gesso over that, you're going to have a really smooth surface. This is not a, a very smooth surface. It's, right. got, it's got some, um, I guess, it, it's sort of figured. It's, <laughs> it's textured. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's interesting, because it just... It gives an added element, the palm frond texture. I think that's what I like, and that's why um, I kind of gravitate toward um, the base of it being kind of that brown, earth, earthy color, because I know that it's wood, and I want to keep the feel of the wood and the texture to show, I want that to show the purity through. kind yeah, of yeah, that's a good yeah the purity of okay of what the material is uh -huh. and then everything around that I really have fun with the paints you know those are the parts that that really jump out and you were saying you wanted to add more color to these pieces would that color be in the things around the animal like in the flower and the butterfly and or would that be the animal itself, its eyes or something like that? Um, I think, like, on this piece, if, like, you look at, at the line that I did, um, the only real pop of color t for me is in the eyes. I think in this piece I want to add the flowers on top. I want to add, you know, coarse color to the eye. But I th think that in the trunk I wanted to sort of add a little bit more green. I just wanted to give it... A hint of another color mm, that, mm -hmm. okay, maybe it normally wouldn't be there, but why not? Mm -hmm. Why not put it in there? Maybe it's, I think that the the reference photograph that I had had a little bit of green that might have come from um, the photograph being, the image being adjusted oh, uh -huh. in a way that it brought out green uh -huh. in it. And I kind of liked it. I kind of liked the way that looked. Oh, okay. And a sort of... There's a different color. I think I might want to do that. I might want to add another color that's not like a brown tone or right. an earth tone, maybe a green. Right. You know, it seems like there would be a fine line between the creativity yet keeping the authenticity of the animal that you're creating. Um, like, like if you go, if you would go too far out on colors, mm -hmm. it would, it would. Um, it would lose its authenticity, I guess is the best word I'm looking for. Um, it would become more of a, I don't, I don't want to say comical, 
mm. but unrealistic maybe peace? Well, I mean, you know, the way I paint is far from being photorealistic. I think I'm painting it in a way that's enough that you can tell what it is. Um, but I would be careful um, to say that, you know, let's say I painted this pink, you know, seen a uh -huh. pink elephant. I mean, you still know it's an elephant, right? Yeah. I think I think what were the other You'd have to count them. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you're no, you're seeing pink elephants. <laughs> yeah, there's some fun going on there. Right. Um purple in fact I I one of my canvas paintings I painted an elephant purple. Oh, you do. So I, I should probably show oh that gosh. to you. Uh -huh. it's, it's it definitely looks like an that. elephant, but I painted it in purple tones. Yeah, we'd all love to see that. Yeah, I'll <laughs> definitely show it to you. Okay. Um, but I think where the the authenticity part comes in is what the artist is trying to say, because you can paint this purple, oh. and you still know it's an elephant. It, it's really there isn't. I guess there's no right way to. To, to paint anything or, right. to, to, or to depict anything. So there are no... There are no rules here. There's no rules, no restrictions, no... Right. Just the ones we put on ourselves, really. I mean, there, there's a million different ways to, to paint this, uh -huh. really. I just have developed a certain style. Um, I, you know, it's different than, let's say, this piece, uh, which is one of my first pieces that I started with, which is completely abstract. And, you know, it was great when I was doing it, um, but it's, my style has evolved over time. And then there's this part of the frond, too, you incorporate that into. Yeah, they're really kind of like the, the loose fibers of, of, of the piece of the frond. And, you know, sometimes they, they fall off and it's not... It, it doesn't make the make or break the piece. Okay. But it can add something, uh, something that people like, you know, seeing if it sort of, it sometimes adds to the piece. It adds to the character of the piece. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't make it any more fragile because it's usually not, um, it, it's an accent. Oh, okay. Piece. And that part can get painted too, mm -hmm. you know. Oh, I didn't think about yeah. that. Right. So the process is you do the chalk, mm -hmm. you do the, what's it called, the primer? The gesso primer. Yes. And by the way, there are times when I've um, actually used a clear gesso. There is such a thing called a clear gesso um, where it's a primer that um, keeps the, uh, the base of the, uh, the material um, intact. In other words, it's not white, it's just like clear. It's, okay. it's a gesso that works just like the white gesso, uh -huh. but it keeps the clarity of what's underneath it intact, and I can paint on that too. Okay. But usually I want, I use a white because I want the vibrance, I want the color, um, the pigment that gets painted on to sort of be bright and prominent. I see. So after you do the painting, so you put the, you put the gesso on the entire piece before you put the paint on? No, it's, it's, it, the gesso is only in the areas... Um, where I want actual water acrylic paint to go. Okay. Yeah. And right now, it's wherever you can see the white. Mm -hmm. um, that's where I'm going to be painting. Okay. Gessoing first, and then letting it dry, and then painting. So on some of them, you just leave chalk. You don't put the paints. Oh, correct. Yeah. And the majority. The majority of. The that's piece, what I'm starting to understand. Yeah. This. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, 
yeah, the majority of, of the piece is chalk, um, and it's just, it. in the end, it tends to look a little like paint because um, yeah. it's smooth, it's um, worked into the surface, and it's blended, it's very blended, so it tends to look, and I try to make it, I try to create it so that so that it's the paint parts are not so stark from the chalk parts, so that they sort of meld together oh, in a way right. that makes sense. Right. And there's areas where I get become very close um, to each other, so I try to make it work to where it doesn't look like a completely different. Um, I never even thought from looking at your pieces that they're sep two separate. Exactly. Medium. Yeah. Yeah, I never thought that looking at the pieces. Yeah. So then you, you spray it, you said, with the finishing? So the chalk area, so that's why, why I try to, the reason why I work as much of the chalk as I can before I, I gesso and paint is because I'm going to be layering, um, I'm going to be spray fixing the chalk down, and it's not really a good idea for me to, to, to paint and then have to spray the chalk and then paint and then spray the chalk. Because then it, what it does is it makes the painted areas hard to work with. Oh, because okay. it, essentially what I'm doing is I'm spray fixing the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't want those painted areas to be spray fixed. I want those to be um, un, unprotected. Mm -hmm. So hopefully, hopefully right. that, um, yeah. that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think the process is fascinating. How do you know when you finished a piece? When I start really slowing down, <laughs> when when I'm looking at it and staring at it for like 10 minutes, then I know it's time to put down the paintbrush okay. and put everything else. I think that, of course, once I've got the chalk down, the chalk is already pretty much set. Um, if I've got, um, you know, I might do some fine details at the very end. Um but I pretty much know that it's, it, I look around, I look around at the piece and it feels finished to me, you know, whether I'm happy with it or not. Um, I think about signing my name at the bottom or somewhere, then mm -hmm. I know it's pretty much finished. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 You're like, I don't need to touch it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Just so there, there just, just comes a natural stopping point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 All right. Is there anything else I haven't asked you that's specific to um, to your paintings and what you do? Well, I mean, I you know, some people might ask, well, how do these things hang? And, oh, yeah, that's uh, a mean, good thought. The final, yeah, I mean, so once the paint is dried and I've got enough of the, the chalk is pretty much not going anywhere, um, then I varnish it. It's either going to be a spray varnish or a brush-on varnish. Let that dry, and then... Um, and what does the varnish uh, do? What does it accomplish? Well, you could, it, when you look at the pieces, you see like a sheen. What uh -huh. that does is it protects it. Because okay. it's not like a flat painting that's going underneath glass. Mm -hmm. So essentially the varnish acts as a barrier um, from moisture, dust, you oh, know, from okay. anything external, because that's the only protect, protective layer. Because if someone even that. went to dust it off to clean mm -hmm. it, kind of, you don't want them wiping um, the chalk or the paint. Oh, yeah, that won't happen, yeah. <laughs> okay. if, if I didn't varnish the piece, you know, uh, 
if it was a flat piece of artwork, then I could leave it as is. But, yeah. But they're not, and it's um, not like you can put glass over them or something either, <laughs> right? I suppose I could. I don't know that that would. No. You know, it wouldn't no. make sense. <laughs> no. It wouldn't make sense. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. But I guess um, you know, the final piece is um the attachment on the back, and that's. Let's hold this on. up over here for the camera. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, I even. So what do you attach this with here? So this is actually JB Weld. Um, what is that? JB Weld is something that you get at a hardware store, and it's basically, I think, used by mechanics. It's um, two different um, substrates that you mix together. One's white, one's dark, and essentially, it's like you create a liquid metal. It's like a, a liquid metal that's hardened. It's very hard, isn't it? it it's not going anywhere. <laughs> but there's two wires. I bend two loops uh -huh. and then with just hooks in there with yeah i create the hooks i take a piece of wire cut them and then um just sort of glue them in place they have to sort of dry overnight oh i see so the wires coming down here mm -hmm. and looping and going down here yeah that's oh. essentially my so you don't have to put any kind of hole through it that way right i want to avoid doing that uh-huh right <laughs> you don't want to do that no yeah yeah. Um, but then my picture wire is here. I mean, mm -hmm. once it's hard hardened, then it's then it's ready to hang. Okay, let's turn that one around and show it. And this and one is this one is called. I think I called this Mount Olive. Okay, let's hold it up a little bit. Can we hold it a little sure. bit more in this direction? Yeah, that is gorgeous. Thank you. Isn't that pretty? It's beautiful. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. This has just been a joy. Let's spin you around. <laughs> and thank you so much. It's been a joy to spend time with you today. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah. It's been yeah. wonderful seeing you again. Oh, and, absolutely. And absolutely. And spending I hope, some time. I hope you learn. We all learned something. <laughs> <laughs> I learned a lot. <laughs> You're a good teacher, too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> All right. So thank you again. And, uh, and My we pleasure. Will, we will talk soon. Thank you. Okay. Right. Thank you for watching and or listening to Creativity Inside and Out. I do recommend watching my show if you can, because it's really tailored toward being a visual show. It's available on YouTube. Just search for Creativity Inside and Out and look for the light bulb logo. If you do listen to the show, go to https colon slash slash creativity dash inside dash and dot captivate dot fm slash listen. There you will find a variety of places where you can listen, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Enjoy watching and or listening. And please, if you would, follow the show and subscribe. That really means a lot to me. Thank you.